If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm delighted to be back with you. It's been quite a while since I talked to someone in our what I what I like to term our successful owner series, because I so often interview uh, suppliers and people that are doing all sorts of great things in this industry, but may not necessarily be owners. And they, they may operate properties or property management companies. But in this series, I like to talk to owners who are doing what we are all doing and doing it really, really successfully and draw out from them what their, what their passion is for the business, why they really enjoy doing what they do and what they are doing that makes it so successful for them. And today's guest is not only a vacation rental owner, but she also uh, operates a business uh, supplying all those great products that we all need, things like sheets and towels and those little amenity kits. So I'm going to be talking to her uh, a little later on about that as well. So her name is Lynn Arbuthnot, and she has a property in Kelowna, British Columbia. And this is great because... I don't often get the chance to talk to Canadian owners who actually have properties in Canada. You know, there's plenty of Canadian owners like Terry White, like Michelle Totino, like um, Nancy McAleer, who who are Canadian, but they have properties that are based outside of Canada. For for them, they're all in Florida. So so this is great because I, I have never been to B.C., Although that's where actually that's where all my father's side of my family come from. And Kelowna is one place that I've always wanted to go to. So I'm really interested to talk to Lynn, not only about her her company, VR Supplies, but also to find out about her property, Quails Inn, and, uh, and just learn more about what makes it great for her and see if we can find some tips and suggestions and ideas that will help you out with your property rental business too. So without further ado, let's move on over to the interview. So so I'm delighted to have with me today Lynn Arbuthnot from who who hails from Kelowna, British Columbia, which is one place I have oh gosh, Lynn, you don't know how much I want to come to Kelowna. Well, you have a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. It's what that that Kelowna's on my bucket list. Um, has been forever. In fact, the whole of BC is on my bucket list because my my father's family were from Burnaby, Vancouver, oh. and and I have never been there. So I can't believe that. I know, I know. So, what about you? Have you always lived in BC? No, in fact, I come from the eastern townships in southern Quebec. And what drew us here initially was the skiing because we were such great, great, we just enjoyed skiing so much. So now they call them gap years. But when Tim and I, my husband, my partner and I were younger, they didn't call them gap years. We just left 
and took a year out to ski and enjoy ourselves. And then we stumbled into the Okanagan Valley and then there was no looking back. It's just, it's just unbelievable here. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, that's, that's my problem, you see. I think if I came there, I would not want to leave. Because having grown up back east, many of my relatives, and they still do, they would holiday in Florida, like in the winter, the snowbirds, that was a very common thing. And now British Columbia and Victoria, because of the nice weather, were becoming that sort of off-season, off-summer season destination for the rest of Canada. Don't tempt me. We're just about to, <laughs> we're just about to, to move. And I, and I know if I suggested to my husband, hey, you know, we should look, go and look at other parts of this, uh, this wonderful country mm. we live in. I'll get the I'll get the rolled eyes. I know. <laughs> you know, Canada is so fantastic. Like I could live anywhere in Canada. Every time I've I've been, I've been from coast to coast, and I think every province has so much to offer. It's such a fantastic country. I pinch myself every day that we're Canadian. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> and it, it, for me on on this podcast, it is it's always an abs- a huge pleasure to talk to a, a fellow Canadian. And I was just saying in, in the introduction that, um, that I, I, I do talk to Canadians, but most of them have properties down in Florida. So, so this, exactly. is, this is great to, uh, to talk to somebody who has a property here uh, in the country. So tell me a bit about it, when you bought the place, what it's like, and um, you know, a, a little bit more about where it is. Well, it's interesting because partly what motivated us when we initially purchased the property was to be able to host guests, meaning our family mostly, like my relatives. I'm from a large family and we're all over North America. So what I wanted to do was be able to have all of my brothers and sisters and, you know, people come and visit. And then we started to, and how we got started with the hosting people was people would always say, you guys should have a B&B. And I think, well, that's a great idea because we like the hospitality industry and we love hosting people and it would be fun to bring in more people. But the only problem was I don't like getting up and making breakfast for a whole crew of people, I have to say. That was the part that turned me off. So we went on and we uh, traveled and you started using VRBO. When we sold, we had a business for a number of years and we sold it and then we took a year and traveled quite a bit. So... When we came back, we kind of put those two thoughts together, and that's when we signed up with the RBO and fill the property now with um, out with travelers, and it's worked out beautifully. How many years have you been doing that? When did you start? Uh, it's been about five years now. Um, I mean, and like I said, we always did it with our family and friends, and really, at the end of the day, it's still family and friends because we have a lot of repeat uh, customers now who've become our friends. Um, so what we do is we've really taken the property and treated it as we did ourselves, which is a nice family home. It's for active families. There's a lot to do here. It's five acres, and we have uh, the pool, tennis, horses. We're in the middle of the city. It's just such a great spot. We're close to golf. We're close to wineries. And so now what we do is we just fill the gaps. When we're not using the calendar ourselves, we put it out there and so- fill it up. So, so do you do you, do you actually live in the property when it's not being used? Yes, we do. Oh. Not in the pro- like it, it's we have a lot of different spaces. So I have my office here, for example, and then we have a little an, another sort of semi sort of a I guess a quasi suite, like a large master suite with um, like it's a nice space, uh, and then we have the main house. So there's lots of room to sort of mix and match and move around. 
So, yeah, we, we're usually on the property, unless we're traveling ourselves. But it is our main residence, yes. I will put a link to your listing on HomeAway on, um, uh, on the, on the oh. show notes so people can go take a look at it. And I can see that on there you said, the owner, that as a horse, it says as a horse hobby farm, the owner's caretakers are on site to maintain animals, grounds and pool and live in a separate yeah. connected private suite. This uh, just, yeah, just sounds great. You've got the best of every world here. Well, it is great. And what, so what happened when, once kids, you know, grew up and moved out and, and, and we weren't, you know, using it full on ourselves, we thought about downsizing. And so we started looking around Kelowna and it's, so in the, even our, uh, we have people now come into town and they're looking for uh, apartments to rent downtown. And real estate is very expensive here. And ours wasn't necessarily. So, you know, being a farm, it's not the same kind, type of property. So we just found it was not practical to sell this lovely space and then move into, you know, 1,200 square feet downtown in for the sake mm-hmm. of downsizing. Why not just do both? So we've really downsized on our property in our little suite here. Yeah, that's, that sounds wonderful. So so who's your target market, uh, Lynn? Um, what, what, that, what types of demographic yeah. are you searching for? Exactly ourselves, families. Families that like to get together, family reunions. Um, so I would say the typical group would be then generational. Like so, we'd have the grand the parent the grandparents. This is typical grandparents, two or three siblings, and their spouses, and then grandkids. And then they come and they, what's nice about that group is that they hunker down and they really savor the what we have to offer here. We're adjacent to 92 hectares of inner city parkland. Um, you can walk to the farmer's market. You're, we, you can, it's closer to ride your bike or walk to the shops uh, than it is to drive. They just enjoy it. So we don't have people coming and going. Like the other market here in, in Kelowna is it's a great destination for weddings. And so our property did attract that group, but we found that that wasn't a good fit because people are busy coming and going. And, and we really prefer the groups that just come in and park themselves and just enjoy everything it has to offer. Yeah, I read and, I, I read through a lot of the reviews on your listing, and and it's very clear what that you know, what what those people like. You know, they they love the pool, they love the hot tub, um, they they seem to like staying put, but but also yeah. having having all having having the town so close to hand as well. Yeah, and then the other thing we had to think about is it's a it's a really nice neighborhood. Like we have such great neighbors, and they're all aware of what we're doing. But we have to be super sensitive about traffic coming and going because it's a it's a like a windy little country road in this. It's an odd, it's an unusual little neighborhood. So we're like a little island in the woods inside the city, um, and so a lot of people walk and bike, and kids are playing on the street. So we can't have traffic tearing mm-hmm. up and down the street. Um, so that's really important to us. And again, that's why our target market works so beautifully because they, they really, they, they just treat the property like we always did. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, um, uh, well, one of the reasons is about um, VR supplies, which we're going to talk about a bit later on. But uh, you mentioned in a, in a recent email how successful you've been at getting independent from the listing site. So I was really curious yeah. about, you know, why you wanted to do that and and how it's working for you. It's really funny because I was just going over that knowing we were going to be talking about it. So I was looking back and it's funny because in 2013, I remember vividly watching 
um, listening to Brian Sharples, who was the CEO at uh, VRBO. And I remember he talked about the importance of communicating between, you know, the, the host and the traveler need to talk. And their job at that time was to put people together so they could talk and create a platform where you could communicate. And they really encouraged communicating um, because it's a big deal for people to take a trip and book your house. And it's a big deal for a homeowner to, um, um, you know, have people come into their property. So then when everything sort of started unfolding around 2015, 16, I'm guessing, is when they were looking for to spin it off or grow it out. And Expedia, I believe, came in and bought it. At any rate, that's when everything changed and they stopped really, they first stopped encouraging the communication and then they actually ended up blocking it. And so what happened with us was I found it, I have to talk to people. Like I had to talk to people. So that was the number one trigger that got us to get our own website and to consider independence. Um, so then the next trigger was realizing, because as a business person, the cost of marketing can be quite high. But if you've already got somebody in your store or in your pro or whatever it is you're selling, you've got them in there, they're buying something from you. They're the best people to remarket to, in my opinion, if they, especially if they are leaving a good review or they like whatever it is you're selling. So that's what I do is, is um, had our own website so I could communicate, number one, number two, is to really do as best we can to take care of people as much as we can, like everybody does, but then to really encourage them to rebook. And so when they check out, I always make sure I communicate with them and ask, you know, do you want to pencil, how about we pencil you in for next year? Mm-hmm. And, and we get in touch base in the fall, no commitment, just think about it as you're driving home. And I always touch base with them on that note. And I would say we get we're really finding we're getting returnees now. And that's the other thing we mark. And again, we're unique. We're very unique. This wouldn't be for everybody, but um, I try to promote that. Like you say, you know, wouldn't it be neat to have a place in the Okanagan? Not everybody can. So what we say is you bought it, you've got a place, it's our place, it's your place. Like just use it as if it's your own place. So you now have a holiday house in the Okanagan that you can use, keep an eye on our calendar. And that's sort of how I approach it with people. And it's working. So I, I would say, yeah. I, I love that when, um, you know, when, when you start getting returning guests and, you know, all of a sudden, any, not that there's much stress involved with new guests, but there's always a slight, um, a slight nervousness, I guess, to whether they're going to be your best guests or not. And, and having the returning ones, it's just like all that's gone. You, you know, they know the place. They love it because otherwise they wouldn't be coming back. And returning guests always respect the property so much because they, they want to come back. Yes. And I just find like the group we have here now, they came by and it's like, I don't even have to, well, I mean, I want to greet them to be polite, but I don't have to, you know, they, they, uh, they know where I'm going to leave the key. They know the routine. And again, I only have one property and not like yourself with so many. So it's not exactly like a, it's a unique situation, but I just find that it for us in our lifestyle it takes the pressure off by working very, very hard at the front end. So, mm-hmm. and again, I use this principle in my, any business that I've started is the front end. If you work really hard at the front end, really know the why, why are you doing this and stick to it and make sure that um, you're, once you spend all that money to get the people into your business, whatever it is, take such good care of them and consider like the retention 
mm-hmm. level. Like, how can you get, you know, people coming back to your store or back to your restaurant or back to your, like, it's just so much more efficient to do that that way. And then it takes the pressure off. Getting a new customer always costs an awful lot more than retaining one that already comes to you. And you're right when you say like the stress, like it's a new customer. And I still wear like when we have new people come in, I'm like, oh, I hope they like it. I hope they understand, you know, because we're in the, it's a country style setting. So, you know, they, we have like, what can I, I mean, I don't want to downplay, but I mean, there's wildlife, mm-hmm. you know, we could have a bear wander through or we could have, an, or there might be birds nesting somewhere that they might not like. So when you get super urban, say people coming in, um, you know, I, I worry like, oh, are they going to like be freaked out over that? Or are they going to enjoy this? Or And then again, when you have the people returning, it's not a problem. And as well with the, with the reviews, you know, with people commenting and whatnot. Yeah. It kind of keeps the same people coming over and over again. Like mm-hmm. people that don't fit in will bounce off you. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. As we speak, I'm looking at your, um, your own website. And it's you've got some wonderful photographs on there. Um, you know, the, 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 the photographs are scrolling through and I'm seeing horses and apples, which is making me think of the fall and how wonderful it's probably in the fall. And the bedrooms look wonderful. Um, how are you getting people to come to that website? Well, that's interesting. So what I've done is I use Constant Contact and it can be any, you know, like some of those, con- any, you can use your own email. But what I do is I, and I don't know if you can still do that, but when I saw the writing on the wall with BRBO is I downloaded all of the emails. And I think they shut that down as far as you can only access emails now that were actual uh, visitors. Mm-hmm. But you used to be able to download all of the contacts that came in, all the inquiries. Right. So I kind of fil- I filtered through all of that. So I have a pretty good database and then I send, and then I've narrowed, you know, I've got my, this is the group that I know want to come back every year. And then I have another group that are prospects and then I have the wider group. Um, and so I do email um, marketing as well. I did try Facebook. I'm not too sure how Facebook works still, but I did try a Facebook thing and I, it's hard to figure out if people are coming in through Facebook um, the other one I did is I like Google Analytics. Um, so I guess the only advice, I know that these are marketing tasks, but they're not that hard. Like if you're okay on your computer, they're, it's not that hard. Everything's out there to learn, teach you how to use these tools. And they're so powerful and they're not that expensive. So the only investment really is the learning curve. I do recommend to anybody to learn a bit about that. Because um, I think the Google Analytics and AdWords are very powerful. I've I've been uh, doing over the past couple of months, and I haven't I haven't picked it up for a while. I was doing a course, an online course in Google Analytics, and it was really fascinating because Google Analytics is, is completely free, and and it delivers yeah. so much information, and particularly helpful if you've got a lot of content on your website as well. Yeah, it's super helpful, and and it helps you target. Um, like it does definitely, <clears throat> pardon me, helps you target exactly who you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you can narrow it down. I'm, I'm a data 
person. I love data. I just like analyzing. Like if you're going to do an ad, like back in the old days, you'd, you'd you know, go to the post office and send out flyers to like, I don't know, thousands of people and it would all go in the garbage. You would never know unless you asked people who contacted you, how did you find out about us? And analytics just maps it all out for you. You can tell if people are using their phone or their PC or, uh, you know, you can target them down to like the one person across Canada that might be looking for a family uh, reunion house in the Okanagan will probably find our listing and they'll probably click on it. I'm not sure if I have my ad up right now. I shouldn't say that. But if I did have an ad up right now, they the one person searching exactly what we have to offer will click on it. It'll cost us a dollar. Granted, it would take, you know, the learning curve to work it all out. But once you know it, it's not that difficult. As you say, it's it's a it's the learning curve. That that's that's the only investment you really have to make. Now, having said that, like we have some friends that are looking at purchasing a place in Kelowna right now. There's a building going up that's quite cool, actually. It's going in downtown, and they're building to allow for short-term rentals. So now, if I bought into an apartment there, that was I would probably just throw it out there on Airbnb. Because, it, you know, it's not as personal. It would be more of a commodity. Mm-hmm. But I think people really have to, you know, depending on what you're selling, uh, you would ad- adapt, I would say. Yeah. So um, okay. so where, whereabouts are you advertising now then? So you're on, you're st- I, you're, obviously I can see that you're still on HomeAway and VRBO. Um, are you listing on other channels as well? No, just our own site and that. So you'll advertise locally as, as well? A little bit, but I would say the bulk of our uh, inflow of any new customers are through word of mouth. Like, and that's the other thing is I say, like when, for example, last week our group were, uh, so uh, uh, other than family reunions, we also just have friend reunions. So like three couples and their kids who like to get together every year, for instance. So I'll make sure that the main person who um, booked it then gives me the names of the other two couples. And so then they go on my list as well. Mm-hmm. So I make sure, like, I'll let them know, you know, it's available where we have a special or whatever. So I do a lot of direct marketing. That's really helpful because all these people become your ambassadors for, for your own brand. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they tell, like, I would say right now we're probably, oh, 50% repeat. And then the, Next 30% would be word of mouth and not, not word of mouth. Like it just comes out organically. Like it is a direct result of my, you know, encouraging people to tell people, you know, let your friends, let, let your friends and your network know about this place. Um, and then I would say 10 to 20% still comes through VRBO home away. Um, they're the same, uh, but I'd like to see that taper off. I love to hear this because, you know, it it has changed dramatically. I don't think they're much on the side of the independent owner anymore. I mean, there certainly were at the outset until, yeah, probably until the Expedia takeover. And then um, the focus shifted quite radically. I see a lot on the Facebook groups where people are bemoaning this and how awful it is that they, 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 they don't seem to pay attention to the independent owner anymore. But, you know, the independent owner is not bringing them the revenue. Um, it's, it's the property management companies and, and, and other, other sources of revenue from you know, maybe guest fees. So being able to go off and, and successfully 
release yourself from the ties to to the OTAs is is a great thing. Oh, I think it's the only way to go. I mean, I think if you're and let me correct myself here because if you're doing what we're doing or you have your family cottage or you or you're a manager of like, you know, of multiple properties, they're great holiday spots. I think you have to be off the OT. I think you have to be independent. Now, having said that, our kids, for example, my daughter and their family, uh, they just went on a long trip um, for a couple of months. And so what they did, their house is relatively new. It's well fit. It's beautiful. So they just sort of did a cleanup and threw it out with a property manager. So, I mean, that's another type of customer, right? They're not in it for the long term. They just thought, oh, this could be a great way to help subsidize our you know, mm-hmm. that would help pay some of the bills while they're on their holiday. Um, so, I mean, everybody does this for a different reason. So I think it goes back to the why. You really have to sit down and go, why am I doing this? And when you come up with that answer, then you decide where you're going to market. So what we're doing might not work for, it would, certainly wouldn't work for them. Um, and that apartment I described, I think they would be a perfect uh, candidate for the Airbnb uh, they're very much, it would be very much a commodity, mm-hmm. like a hotel room, but like Matt Landau used the term limited edition. Mm-hmm. I would say anybody who's considering themselves a limited edition, like a unique experience, you have to start developing your own marketing and, yeah. and it's fun. <laughs> and, and, and you have, you need the passion and I can, you know, I can tell as you're talking about it, that you, you know, you still have that passion. It hasn't gone away. I love business because we liked our lifestyle so much. Um, we had to be independent business people. I just wanted to ask you about your seasons. What are the se- What do you have? High, low, and shoulder seasons? Oh, summers. Summers a no brainer. I mean, we're already booking for next summer, so it's in between school. So from the, uh, June twenty first to September, after the long weekend, where we book out like guaranteed, never a problem. Um, and then the shoulder seasons here are nice because the wine, there's lots of events, sporting events. Um, golfing is huge. Uh, skiing, because we have such great resorts and facilities, we, we aren't really capturing that market. But we've had people come who, because we're only 45 minutes from Ski Hill. So we've had people come where some of the group doesn't want to ski and they want to be in town. Mm-hmm. And the rest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... Yeah. And what about, what, oh, about, really much. what about spring? Spring, same thing. It's golf, uh, weddings. Like we try to steer away from, like whenever people call, I always say, are you coming for a wedding? And, and inevitably in the spring, it's a yes. So what I do then is say, you know, we really can't have any events here. Uh, you know, because what happens with weddings, it's like teenagers and parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lose control. So no, oh, three or four people coming over. And the next thing you know, there's 40 people coming over because they're all in town, right? So there's a party at their house. That sort of thing happens. So we are very strict about weddings. And what I try to do is encourage, um, like say the grandparents and the little kids should stay here. Mm-hmm. The people that uh, you know may not be participating so fully in all the events and let them stay here. And, and, and then, so we get that market. It's pretty big. And, and then couples coming for golf. Golf starts here. Oh, I would say March, like April, end of March, the golfing starts up. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. And you you have you have more to offer in your seasons than we have here in Ontario. That's for sure. 
I'd say. And then also we have a huge tech center. Like I'm trying to break into the, we've had a few, but I don't know if it's such a great, but we've had a few come in where it's a group of business people uh-huh. who come in and use the space. Um, and the other one is there's a lot of people that retire here. So we get families coming, say, say grandma and grandpa are in a, you know, retired here uh-huh. and they're getting older and older and family want to come and visit. So then our place becomes the family house for them to use. That's another one. But I have to say my passion has always just been business. And I've always approached this project like I would any business. And that, like you have a formula, I always recommend find the formula and work and go with it because there's always a, I don't know, it just works. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing has always been rinse and repeat and improve along the way. Um, Yeah. Because if something works, you know, why, why, change the plan well the one thing i learned in business are um, <clears throat> just always improving you know the analogy i like I, have you you've heard of like the push versus pull analogy have you heard that term yes yeah yeah so i always like the pull in other words let the customer pull out of you what you're supplying make sure that you, you sort of throw a few things out at them and then they may take one or two of them and then you replenish those one or two things and then you ask and you're always, always, always adapting. I thought, well, I do that with my um, ER supplies business and that's what we did with our, well, any businesses we've started. But once you validate a business, then continuously improving it mm-hmm. is the next step and then you can't go wrong, really. So what tips would you give to, to somebody who's interested in, in getting into this business, say, for the, for, the, for the first time? So let's say, you know, if you were going back to the beginning, is there anything you wouldn't do again? And is there anything you think is a must-do? Well, I think number one is analyzing why. Know the why. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it, like I said, like my daughter, they're going on a trip. That's one reason. All the way to us at the other end of the spectrum, where this is a large part of our retirement plan. Um, to maintain, to be able to keep this, you know, to be able to stay here while we're downsized, uh, all the way to whether you have a cottage that you want to use, like what, why are you doing this? Break that down and then use that as the guide. And then the next step is to contact, like definitely learn. Then you have to learn, go out and like what you've developed is perfect for people. I mean, a sort of a blueprint on how to do it. And then it's almost like being a parent, right? You, You can't read one book and just follow that verbatim. You have to develop your own personal plan, but you do have to read a lot of, you know, listen to the experts and find out what works for you. Um, so I would say contacting, you know, if, uh, between you and what um, your plan and um, your formula for success and Matt Landau's inner circle, things like that. I mean, all of those platforms that are out there to help you learn as much as you can. Um, but always stick to what you want. Don't do what other people think you should do. Just stick to what you want to do. And then, if you, yeah. That's good advice. That's really good advice. So you, you don't just, I mean, you t- you're talking about business. You don't just have the property that you rent out. You also run VR Supplies. So tell us a little bit about VR Supplies and why you started mm-hmm. that. Well, it was when we got started, <clears throat> um, and having traveled quite a bit um, in hotels and with business, we traveled, stayed in a lot of hotels and whatnot. Um, 
it just struck me. And also from reading, like I did our research and definitely reading it was, you know, to maybe look to the hospitality industry to see what works for them. You know, what's tried and true, what are the best practices and such. So uh, then it, I, it struck me that I would like to buy hotel products. So I did find, um, you know, there were some products, but they weren't here in Canada. And then the other thing is they were wholesalers. So I remember my first phone call to a wholesaler. I'm like, hi, yes, I have a property and I'm looking at buying linens. And there's, oh, well, how big is your, how big is your hotel? And I'm like, ooh, well, I've got five bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, click. they're not, you know, I mean, it's, they didn't hang up on me. Of course they didn't, but it's just, it's tricky to call a big wholesaler and start asking for a little bit of product. So it took me about two years. And with my other businesses, um, I had learned a lot about supply chain management and cost control and whatnot. So I just applied those principles and then I developed VR supplies. And basically in a nutshell, what it is, is a uh, company that's pulls out of all the wholesalers and I've tested them all and it pulls out a wholesalers, a nice array of just what you will need uh, for your vacation rental that you can't necessarily get at the store. I mean, you can get white linen at the store, but they're not the true hotel grade commercial grade product. And I have a kitchen. I sell like kitchen cutlery and kitchen plate and glasses and and they're all commercial grade um so and my website's super simple so and the reason i started it to go back to your original question was when we were looking at like let's get rid of all of our you know personal linens and whatnot and clean up the towels and everything and when i started shopping that's when it hit me this is not sustainable there's no way if i go like i found some beautiful product at, at costco and it was really well priced and then I asked, like, how long are you going to have this in stock? Well, we don't know. Oh, okay. Well, what if I need to replenish? So it wasn't so much the purchasing that was striking me as the problem was the replenishment. And then also using best practices from hotels. They consider turnaround. And so we've got it down to where we can, a group of, you know, eight adults and two kids will check out on a Sunday morning at 11 and we have our turnaround down to where the next group of the same group come in at four. Um, and I credit that to the products we have mm-hmm. and the, the ease of, of turnaround. Um, you know, these products are well thought through. I mean, they're very simple and basic. There's nothing magic about them. It's just using commercial products I just find makes a lot of sense. So, so that's what I did is I just noticed there was a gap here in Canada and I uh, filled it with, so we have everything from the little shampoos and amenities. And I just brought on actually um, the uh, dispensers. Mm-hmm. I have a really, and, I, and the nice thing about this is I do the shopping, I do the sourcing, um, and then I use it as well. Like we use it so it's tested. So it's not, so I'm very different and unique that way that, um, that we're sort of a go-between. Like I speak hotel, wholesale, purchasing overseas language, and I also speak you know, homeowner, host, guest language. So I just sort of am a bridge for the two, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm you know, just going back on what you were saying about, um, you know, buying from other outlets and particularly sheets. You know, in the, in the, in the 15 years that I've been over here and have, have run sort of eight of my own vacation rentals, I remember buying Zeller's sheets and then they, 
and finding this most amazing set of sheets once and never being able to find them again. Yeah, and the other thing is, even if you do find a brand you absolutely love, 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 retail sells in packages, and I sell piecemeal. So, for example, if you bought a set of sheets, um, you may discover that your pillowcases are gone within, like, you go through more pillowcases, right? Mm-hmm. So, now I, so now what do you do? So, at my site, you can buy pillowcases, and you can buy fitted sheets, and you can buy top sheets, and it's consistent, consistent. It's very, like, it's not fancy. It's not, you know, like, high-end, silky, or, you know, Egyptian cotton or anything. It's just straightforward, commercial, hotel-grade product, and good style. It's great. Like, mm-hmm. it's very durable. And little things, like, I noticed it, so with the, uh, we had a, one of the girls, we had, like, a, it's like a pit crew that come in for cleaning. And we were one short, and I'm there, and I, one of my pet peeves is trying to stuff a pillow into a pillowcase. And it hit me. It was like, these are designed, the pillows just drop in. The pillowcases are just a little bit bigger. They, they're, they thought through everything, Yeah. you know, in, in the industry. So you're not trying to stuff a pillow into a pillowcase that, you know, that everything fits like my duvet fits into my duvet cover. And like, it's just easy, easy. I just want to make it easy. So purchasing is easy. Turnover is easier and replenishing is easier. And the prices are fantastic. Like I, I feel that I'm uh, less than retail. I mean, sheets are tricky and towels are tricky because you're really apples and oranges. Right. Um, Mm. But I would say when it comes down to it, and I'm looking around now, and I'm out at the stores, and my pricing is excellent. Well, I, I think so because I know Mike, uh, Mike and Andrea bought uh, a bunch of stuff from you for their for their property a couple of years ago, and uh, and have been we're, we're always so happy with it. So you'll be hearing from me shortly, actually, when I when I go up to Huntsville and move into my new house with my custom built two bedroom apartment in the basement. You'll be hearing from okay. me as well. So. I'll be putting a link to VR supplies on the website. So um, I noticed on your site, Lynn, that you it, it you do sell in the U.S. to the USA as well. I do, and and it wasn't my initial thought, but then it occurred to me, like with our other business, we did learn a lot about exporting. We exported most of our like water play. We exported most of mm-hmm. it to the U.S. and around the world. So I I thought to myself, gee, you know, I did spend a lot of time learning how to do this. So I did set up a, a U.S. store, and it I didn't push it a lot last year because the paperwork was adding two days to the process, but I've got that down pat now where I've got all the paperwork done. So it really only adds maybe three hours to the process, and we're really efficient. So we've got, and I mean, as long as everything's in stock, which is 95% of the time, we can usually get things into boxes in the courier at the door within about 48 hours or two business days that's average i'm not saying that we guarantee that because you know things happen um and then it's just travel time so the problem i was having with the u.s initially it took a long time to work out was the paperwork to cross the border um but i i've got that nailed down so i am actually planning to promote the u.s more yeah well uh, well, that's going forward that, that's good. You know, a lot of my listeners here are from the U.S., so I'm sure they'll um, enjoy hearing that. And and yes, you know, I'm I'm glad to say that I can endorse these products because I've seen them in action in Mike's place. And uh, and I actually have because you know that Mike and Andrea are now sort of heading off on their boat and 
they're, they're, oh. they're going they bought a boat and they're now going to sail the Caribbean for the next year so uh, oh, no. so I get their uh, I got their sheets and I got all their amenity kits that were left over and and I'm still angling for the bathrobes because they're gorgeous well the bathrobes are interesting because again like I listen to feedback now those bathrobes are, are the best price for the coziest bathrobe ever but and this is something people need to read my description because they're very personalized. Like I say, and I use feedback and I make sure I, and plus my reviews are all there. Like, so read everything so you know what you're getting. But that bathrobe is a, is a, uh, like a microfiber. Mm-hmm. So they're super soft and affordable to manufacture. So they're priced really, really well. But if you have a hot tub and you want to use it like you would use a, a terry towel, it's not as absorbent. So I just brought on about three months ago after some feedback, I brought on a really nice, definitely not the same price. It's um, more expensive, but it's a beautiful 100% cotton, really absorbent spa, like a high-grade spa uh, robe. Uh, so you have the choice now. Because I couldn't find a good Terry. Like I found that the, the basic Terry robes were all over the map. It was really hard to find a good quality one. So now I have the, the two options. Yeah, well, I, I see those. I see those on the website. So, as I say, I will yeah. put I will put a link to VR supplies on the website. So, if anybody wants to go along there and and take a look, you'll find all the information. So, Lynn, um, we're just about to the end of our time now, and it's been you know absolutely delightful to talk with you. You've you've sort of rekindled my urge to head west. <laughs> Uh, I, hope I you do. I will do that one day. Uh, one day. I mean, we are talking. Actually, we're 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 in discussion at the moment about where we hold um, the VRSS 2019 yeah. because yeah, we're, we're sort of down to two places. Well, two or three places now, and one of them is is BC. One of them is Vancouver. Yeah. In fact. So um, yeah, I will share that because if anyone's on our Facebook page, they'll see that more people have asked for Vancouver than anywhere else, and it's it was quite interesting because after our, oh that is interesting yeah because yeah. after our first two years in um, in Toronto as you know um, yeah you know we decided to go into the US thinking that that would bring more people and then we had a lot of people say oh I really liked it in Toronto that was such a really nice venue <laughs> well and I just like gave back to Canada oh, mm-hmm. I just love our country I know <laughs> and I know. Vancouver Vancouver stunning. It was it was just very interesting today, and I'm just I'll just end on this this little story that we we had just how stories can differ between guests and um, cleaning staff because we had a note from a guest um, who were on their way out of a property just saying we're so sorry we had a bit of an accident this morning that Granny got locked in the washroom on the basement. <laughs> And Granny was there for quite a long time because nobody noticed she was missing. Oh my goodness! And and apparently the you know she she was calling out and nobody would hear her. But anyway, they they eventually found found that she was locked in this washroom and they could not get this door open. So they did their best, but they had to take the door off. And I don't know how they did it, but anyway, they they explained that we're so sorry. We had to remove the door and then we had to go. So we have, you know, and they got in touch with us and they said, we've, you know, the door's leaning against the wall. We're so sorry that we did this. And, and anyway, so we got that. And then about a half hour later, we got the message from the owner who just heard from his caretaker that the bathroom door had been ripped off its hinges. 
Oh, right. Oh, my and goodness. It's, it's just what we, we get this every week, you know, get these differing stories, you know, and sometimes, particularly with cleaners and housekeepers, they do tend to, they, they do tend to dramatize. And, yes. And, and the other thing was, oh, yes, and the washing machine, uh, the washing machine was full of stinky laundry that had to have been there for days. Well, in fact, the, oh, no. the guest said, oh, and the other thing we did was take the, take the sheets off the bed and, and put them in the washing machine and run, the, run a wash. We hope that's okay. And that helped the cleaner. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that was. I, I, I was going to mention that story earlier on, but I thought I'll, I'll finish on that one because I'm sure you know everybody that's listening, you, you included, have have got stories like this about about guests and housekeepers and caretakers and differing stories yeah. and. Uh, well, dealing with people, right? Like you say, different is. perceptions. Anyhow, how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> We do it with a smile. That's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lynn, oh. it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and and I'm so glad I, I got you on the show. And you know, I I hope that you know if if VRSS does come to BC, that you will come along as as you did in Toronto. Oh, I would love that. But uh, oh, but anyway, great. enjoy the, the rest of your summer, and uh, and I'll look forward to uh, to catching up with you again soon. Well, thank you, Heather, and I sure appreciate having this, having had this opportunity. Well, that was just a great conversation with Lynn Arbuthnot uh, of VR Supplies and the Quails Inn. So please head on over to the show notes and take a look at the links that I've put there. And if you're interested in any of the you know, sheets or bed, bath, kitchen uh, products that Lynn supplies, if you've got any queries about them then just get in touch with her directly and I'll make sure that um, that I put the links to her um, email and other social media platforms on there as well so that's got me that's got me thinking about setting up my um, my bed two-bedroom apartment in my basement I'm so excited I'm so excited I've never built a house before and and I had no intention of building a house or having let's let's get this right let's get this straight i've no had no intention of having a house built for me um and being able to have a say in where the rooms go and what the purposes are for and um you know start everything from scratch it's been amazing and i can't wait to get up there because i'm i've only you know, I only see it every four to six weeks when we make the trip up north. But we're getting very, very close to completion now and and will be moving into the new house in the first week of September, uh, which I can't wait. Very sad, very sad to leave my gorgeous house and behind. You know, I, I sit here in my office and my view out of the window is right onto the water we're only about 60 feet from the water and just to see that the river flowing gently by is just amazing and I will miss that we're still on a river but we have two acres and it's probably a good 800 feet instead of my 60 so about 800 feet I think it is to to actually get to the water but you know yeah you have you sacrifice whenever you make a move whenever you make a change in your life you make some sacrifices in order to enjoy all the other benefits 
and and I'm I'm so excited. So uh, I I will be commenting on it obviously over the next couple of weeks as as we move towards the move. Um, but some of the some of the the upcoming interviews are going to be pre you know, fairly pre recorded a couple of weeks beforehand so that I've got everything in place before I get really really busy. Having said that, we're pretty busy with the business at the moment, and uh, I will probably talk about that a bit uh, a bit more next week. Um, you know, we're crazy busy right at this moment with just about every single one of our properties occupied. And uh, yeah, you know, the 80-20 rule always applies. 20% of our guests are, are having 80% of the problems. And we, but we have a great team to deal with them. So... I won't spend too much time talking about that. When we get to the end of the season, I'm sure I will share some more stories with you. And I hope it's not more people getting locked in bathrooms because it really isn't funny. Years ago, I got locked in one and yeah, there's, it, it, it's, it's not very nice. Anyhow, I'd like to thank you so much for being with me again this week. I hope you enjoyed that particular discussion I had with Lynn. Uh, listening to her talking about Quails in and VR Supplies. And, uh, of course, if you've got any comments you'd like to get in touch with me, please do so by sending me an email at heather at cottageblogger.com. So that's it for now. And uh, as ever, I will look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.